welcome to Follow Fox, a journey through nature's wisdom. I'm your host, Fox. As a naturalist, I often get asked if certain species live in New York. When it's young children asking, other adults are quick to jump in and say no, simply because they've never seen said species. I then, as a professional, have to counter them and explain that the species in question does indeed live in New York, but it isn't common. On occasion, people argue with me, and I'm never really quite sure what they want me to say. If it sounds like I'm salty about this, it's because I am. One species adults have argued with me about is the porcupine. The North American porcupine is the second largest rodent in North America, with the beaver taking the title for the largest. You may be surprised to learn that the porcupine and beaver is a rodent, but they have the characteristic incisor teeth in their upper and lower jaw that never stop growing. This is why rodents are notorious for their chewing. They must gnaw to keep their teeth from overgrowing. If you're in New York and hoping to see a porcupine, then your best bet are the Adirondacks and the Catskills. But their range has been expanding into the southern tier and central New York. Canada, Alaska, and the Appalachian Mountains are also home to North American porcupines as they prefer to make their homes in dense coniferous or mixed forests. As they expand their ranges, porcupines have adapted to live in shrublands and even tundra landscapes. Porcupines are herbivores and use their rodent teeth to eat the bark of trees. They also eat leaves and nuts and fruit when it's available. I would be absolutely remiss if I did not take the time to tell you about porcupine quills, the emblem of the porcupine. A porcupine's quills are made of hair. They are large, stiff hairs, but just hairs nonetheless. Think back to the last time you got a shot or blood drawn. The medical care provider who inserted the needle probably didn't use a lot of force to puncture your skin. Well, porcupines only need about half of that force to puncture you with a quill. So, if a porcupine was trying to hurt a predator and applied some force, the quills would get buried pretty deeply and firmly. This explains why the quills are so hard to get out once they're in. There's a popular myth that porcupines can shoot or throw their quills. This is totally false. The quills do detach very easily, though, even at a slight touch. Specialized muscles also cause the quills to bristle upward when the porcupine is ready to defend itself, so perhaps that has something to do with the origin of this particular myth. Because their quills are hollow, porcupines float on water. Indigenous North Americans use porcupine quills for embroidery and in basket making. It is an ancient traditional art requiring specialized tools, incredible skill, and I imagine quite a bit of patience. Quillworking tools were discovered in Alberta, Canada and date back to the 6th century CE. How Porcupine Got His Quills in Ojibwe Story Long, long ago, the porcupines had no quills. One day, a porcupine was out in the woods. A bear came along and would have eaten porcupine, but he managed to get up a tree where the bear couldn't get him. The next day, porcupine was out again, and he went underneath a hawthorn tree, and he noticed how the thorns pricked him. He broke some branches off and put them on his back. Then he went into the woods. 
Along came Bear, and he jumped on Porcupine, who just curled himself up. The bear just left him alone because the thorns pricked him so much. When Obojo was watching them, he called to the porcupine and asked, How did you think of that trick? Porcupine told him that he was in danger when Bear was around. Then Wenobojo took some thorns and peeled the bark off of them until they were all white. Then he got some clay and put it all over Porcupine's back and stuck the thorns in it. Wenobojo used his magic to make it into a proper skin and told Porcupine to come with him into the woods. When they got there, Wenobojo hid behind a tree. Wolf came along and saw Porcupine and jumped on him, but the new quills pricked him and Wolf ran away. Bear was also afraid of the quills, and Porcupine was safe. That is why porcupines have quills today. Stories from this period of creation offer unique insight into animal adaptations. In these stories, we are told why many animals look the way they do. Hair and fur is a mammalian trait and has a diverse range of uses. From insulation to camouflage to defense, the hair of mammals is incredible, and we want to know how it got that way. In stories like this one, we often see a being with divine power either rewarding or punishing an animal with adaptations we see today, and this very commonly involves their fur or hair. Porcupine was rewarded for his creativity and self-reliance with special fur. Quills and spines are an example of convergent evolution, the repeated evolution of similar traits in multiple lineages which all ancestrally lack that trait. Porcupines, echidnas, hedgehogs, and tenrecs all evolved to be prickly as a form of self-defense. But none of these animals are related. Other examples of convergent evolution in mammals would be flipper forelimbs in marine mammals and the long sticky tongues of anteaters, armadillos, and aardvark. If you would like to hear more episodes of Follow Fox, you can find them at anchor.fm slash followfox, which is all one word please consider clicking the support button on the Anchor page. I'm also on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. If you have any questions or topic requests, you can email me at followfoxcast at gmail.com. That's all one word as well. Again, all one word, followfoxcast at gmail.com. The Follow Fox logo is by V. Wegman. I release new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month, so my next episode will be on February 1st. You've been listening to Follow Fox. I'm Fox. Thanks for following.